Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought, I wish I could make more of a difference in the world? You're certainly not alone. Scientists have estimated that by 2050, there will be more plastic in the ocean than fish. In 2050, I will be 52 years old. This is not the world I want to inherit, nor the world I want my children or grandchildren to explore. I embarked on a mission to create Plastic Planet Unwrapped, to educate myself on the plastic crisis, and to understand if there is any value in individual action. Is our global reality really so overwhelming that nothing can be done? Through research, I soon learned that my feelings of powerlessness are not only unwarranted, but also counterproductive. In fact, solutions are founded upon the actions of individuals like you and me. If you stick with me over the next few blog posts or podcasts, I believe you too will find the value I found in coming to understand the complexity behind our plastic problems, as well as discover a new sense of power to mobilize your life and make a difference in the world. Let's start at the very beginning. Why I am writing about plastic. In certain ways, our plastic problems are obvious. Plastic is ubiquitous on our shelves, wraps around almost all of our purchases. It encases our food, litters our streets, gets caught in trees, it even washes up on our shorelines. We are drowning in our own plastic waste, yet we act as if oblivious to this reality and to the consequences. Perhaps these visible reasons alone warrant massive action, yet the story has only just begun to be told. Our problems extend far beyond what we can readily see. As you listen to this podcast or read these lines, Odds are that you and I both are inhaling minuscule plastic particles invisible to the naked eye. The glass of water you just drank, the salt you sprinkled on your food, likely contain these same microplastics. Scientists are reporting the presence of tiny plastic shards circulating in our tap water and air, and massive oceanic garbage patches full of plastic that poison and entangle marine life. Whales and turtles wash up dead on beaches, their bellies full of plastic. Studies are showing that plastic persists for centuries in landfills and leaches hazardous chemicals into our groundwater. And yet, we continue to complacently function in a society where just about everything comes encased in plastic. My journey towards what would ultimately take the form of Plastic Planet Unwrapped began when everywhere I looked, I began to see a disconnect between the information we are receiving and our daily actions. We continue to accept styrofoam cups and plates, plastic cups and bottles, and plastic utensils encased in clear plastic wrappers, likely using these items for just a handful of minutes. We do our part by bringing reusable bags to the grocery store, but then leave with that bag full of plastic-wrapped food. Even pads of paper come wrapped in plastic. What will it take 
for us to stop living this way? How can we change the systems which enable and perpetuate the use of single-use plastic? Perhaps if we better understand the consequences of these seemingly benign daily choices, as well as the deficiencies of our plastic recycling system, the desire to change can outweigh the convenience of living in a plastic-wrapped culture. Does the plastic problem feel like a statistic to you right now, as it did for me? Scarring, but perhaps uninspiring? I wanted to see if I could understand the problem and then share this information in a way that could motivate more people, myself included, to change habits and demand change from those who wrap everything in plastic. We must first understand a problem before we can begin to solve it. I would like to share with you the meaning I found through creating Plastic Planet Unwrapped that turned the statistics into a narrative that delegitimized in action. What I found surprised me. My understanding cast a new, rather grim light on my daily habits. I recycle. I had jettisoned plastic bottles and bags out of my life long ago. And yet, even when I was trying my best to do the right thing, I was falling short in so many ways. I was unknowingly perpetuating our plastic nightmare. I have done my best to make the information I have provided as factually grounded and accurate as possible. I encourage you to peruse the sources I have cited via hyperlink in the written blog, which include articles from National Geographic, The Guardian, Scientific American, and studies from the EPA, to name a few. Experts have been sounding alarms, more and more with each startling new study. Yet we don't seem to be listening closely enough. My intent is not to recreate their reports. Rather, my goal is to synthesize this information into a single story which illustrates this rapidly emerging crisis, discusses a path forward, and ideally inspires action. This is the first of six blogs and podcasts in which I will do my best to lay out an overarching picture of where we are today with regards to our global plastic problem. Two of the posts will discuss recycling. It's one of the most misunderstood components of our plastic problem. The very existence of the recycling system justifies and even encourages us to continue to use disposable plastic, when in reality much of that plastic we conscientiously set out for recycling likely contributes to much greater problems. The third post examines microplastic pollution and the reality that the pervasion of plastics into the world and our lives is much more frighteningly comprehensive than most of us imagine. I will then address bioplastics and question many of the supposed eco-solutions that perpetuate our use of harmful plastics while exploring alternatives that are actually sound. And finally, in the last post, I want to show you that there are so many solutions out there that we must simply decide to commit to. There is so much that we can and must do. I have also shared letters I have written for you to sign and send to companies who could create change. We each have the power to tell them 
that we want something different than what they are providing. If you think this blog is not applicable to you because you recycle, think again. Do you believe that because you live inland, far away from Southeast Asia, where much of the plastic escapes land and finds its way into the ocean, that you haven't contributed to the massive Pacific garbage patch? Think again. Do you believe that your individual actions are insignificant given the enormity of the challenges we face? Please think again. A 2014 study looked at four incentives for people to reduce energy consumption. The first, to save money. Second, to promote environmental sustainability. Third, to act now for the sake of future generations. And four, to join the people around us who are saving energy. The final incentive, the fact that one's neighbors, friends, and family were saving energy, catalyzed the greatest reduction in energy consumption by the study participants. It turns out that these social norms, the fact that the people in our community are acting in a certain way, have the greatest bearing on our own behavior. These social tendencies can be applied to our plastic use as well. Unfortunately, this phenomenon can also perpetuate harmful habits. If everyone around us carelessly opts for single-use plastic in their daily lives, we are more inclined to follow suit and join this culture. When we look around us today, this mindless disposability seems normal. This has got to change. If not for the planet and future generations, then for our own health and longevity. Each of us, through our daily actions, can lead by example and set the standard for what we collectively consider to be normal. Some may say that this attempt to inform and inspire people to make small changes is useless, that in the greater scale of things, its impact is insignificant. But when we look around, plastic is ubiquitous. It clutters our lives, litters our mountains, washes up on our beaches. There is not going to be a magic solution that offers instant systemic change, but we need to start somewhere. I'm not willing to wait for a miracle. Are you? Maybe you're thinking you can't completely eliminate plastic from your life. Well, neither can I, but I have been able to reduce it. And the more I have learned, the more inspired I am to take the next step. The world doesn't need a handful of perfect people. It needs a movement of imperfect people trying their best. Up next is post two. Recycle bins, full of false promises. When we place items in the recycle bin, we treat those items not as waste, but as something positive we have done for the earth. Odds are that your plastic isn't ending up where you expect and hope it would.